0: Welcome to the C3 Calgary Podcast. We are so grateful you have come to join us. We would love to invite you to one of our in-person services. To find out times, locations, and more about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. The, this, the, the last song sort of sums up kind of what I want to share this morning, so I think we're good. You don't mind me messing with the service a little bit, do you? Like a little bit? Just a little bit. Thanks. We've been uh, eagerly watching what's taking place in Asbury College, the revival, the real revival of the pastor. Phil prophesied that specific um, thing. And And here's what happened. They just went a little bit off, just a little bit off the program. That's all it was. Simple. The, re, the result of uh, the, the thousands of lives that have already been touched, uh, what, it had nothing to do with a celebrity preacher, celebrity worship leader. It wasn't the lighting, it wasn't the building, it was hungry hearts that lingered a little longer, stayed a little bit longer, and my prayer is for hungry hearts. We, we began praying this in about November, <clears throat> that, you would, uh, that we would have hungry hearts <clears throat> I I don't think there's any shortage of uh, oil to be poured out. I think there's a lack of hunger. That's what I think it is. It's a hunch. It's a hunch. I just, uh, when we're away, I always miss being with uh, you guys. So thank you for uh, letting us take up a little bit of time for conference in Atlanta, a little bit of time, a little bit of sunshine in Miami, a little bit of, uh, um, yeah, and then we did a commissioning last weekend up in Edmondson. So that's exciting. Um, I found, uh, I discovered something about myself that um, I don't particularly like preaching because of the responsibility that goes along with that, that, you know, you should, it should be accurate, and uh, that's a big responsibility. But I realized that I really love people, and I really love truth, and um, it just so happens I get locked into this role, which I'm grateful for. And um, I just feel like more and more, the Bible says that days are coming <clears throat> when people would not uh, be hungry for truth, that they want things that will tickle their ears. And so if, that, if you're interested in that, you're kind of at the wrong place because I have no intention of tickling ears, none whatsoever, none whatsoever. <clears throat> <clears throat> and a half-truth won't liberate you, by the way. And by the way, your, uh, truth liberates, but half-truth doesn't. It doesn't have the ability to. By the way, your feelings are not truth. That's a newsflash. Your thoughts are not truth. The scriptures reveal truth. It's one of, the, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to lead us into truth. But we have to be willing to follow in the truth. I, I just want to shout out a couple of people. First of all... Every every Sunday morning, Era leads us in a huddle, and she's one of the most positive people. Where is Era? I suppose she's where she go. Where is she? <clears throat> Era, Era. She's been the most consistent person. And so is Mark, by the way. But these guys have been just such a gift to the body of Christ. Era, it's you right there. Thank you so much for your attitude. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get to meet some interesting people, and I really love uh, people. Richard uh, Bros introduced me to Vern on the weekend. That was, that was good. That was really a good experience. My, I have a neighbor um, ho, who is a mechanic, and he, uh, I asked him for help now and again. I said, I, gee, I hope I don't, I'm not bugging you. He said, no, I like helping people, and I like pastors. And I, and, and I said, well, I happen to be both. <laughs> so that's pretty good. And it was so nice. Uh, this Christmas I got a hu- I got a hug from Fiona. I shouldn't mention her name, but she says you smell better than normal. <laughs> I just took that as a compliment. <laughs> I want to talk about um, I want to talk about relationships this morning. And I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 5. <clears throat> no matter what kind of government you're under or what culture we live in, what circumstances surround our lives, When we do things God's way, they work because they're made by the one who designed us. And with Christ in us, we have the potential for a whole new life. The life that we're asked to live is not hard. It's impossible. It's impossible. And we require the help and the assistance of the Holy Spirit in each of our lives. We get to make a decision Becoming a follower of Christ isn't not accepting a belief system, it's accepting an action system within your life. Not just enough to know something, you have to do something with what you know. And we need power to do something, doesn't need power to think something. But when a truth has not been incorporated into the context of a, of a relationship, it's simply just a theory. So I want you to look at what Jesus says about relationships, and I love this. Matthew chapter 5, the, the best sermon in the, well, one of the best sermons in the New Testament. This, this yeah, so, so Jesus takes six Old Testament laws and turns them into action for you and I to live by. So, so if, if we're able to get what I believe the Lord wants us to get, we will improve our relationships by 98.4%. Now, 78% of all statistics are made up on the spot. Verse 21 of chapter 5, it says, you have heard that it was said to those of old. He's referring to the laws from the Old Testament. You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable for ju- to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell, the, to the hell of fire. Wow, is that to the hell of fire? Everyone? Yeah, that's what it says. <clears throat> help us, really help us, Holy Spirit. Now, <clears throat> Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you've paid your last penny. That sounds complicated. You've got to li- sit with it for a little bit because he's referring to different things. These are different levels of relational offenses and accusations. They're different levels. As well, they, the outcomes are in different places. If you read through that again, you realize uh, you're liable for judgment. You're liable for counsel. You're liable to the hell, the hell of fire. Gosh, I didn't realize that was there. I usually, I, that, that's the ESV version. Um, <clears throat> I wonder if I can find that in the New Living here. You, and if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. All right, well. <clears throat> it's not going to help looking at a different translation. <laughs> um, um, every every uh, February, uh, probably about 20 years ago, I felt like what's important in the diet of a church should be uh, how to have excellent relationships. So every February is Relationship Month. It has Valentine's Day, and it. it's got my wife's birthday. And so, you know, you just have to, uh, so I set it apart for that. And, um, and I want us to be, like, this is something we need to focus on regularly in our life because I, uh, there's three things that I personally believe about relationships. Um, number one is that the quality of your life will be determined by the quality of your relationships. Think about that. Number two, that no truth is useful unless it's practiced in the content of relationships. Think about it. And thirdly, relationships with people affect and impact our relationship with God. That's what this indicates to us. And and maybe number four, the most important relationship you can have is your relationship with yourself. Because we sometimes neglect that. Are you guys ready for a little talk on stuff? I'm going to go for it. Doors are closed. You can't get out. <laughs> of course, I'm joking. <clears throat> um, no, but I, w- I want to, um, I do want to talk about the, the power of unforgiveness because one of the things Jesus came to do was set us free from prison and many times we don't think we're in prison and therefore we're not even interested in getting out of prison and I think sometimes the, his mission statement, that was taken from Isaiah chapter sixty-one, when, when it includes letting out of prison those who are captive, um, when 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 we there's certain things that will imprison us, <clears throat> sin will imprison you, um, and and unforgiveness will imprison you, and what it does then. It, he says, not only set captives free, but open eyes of the blind. What it does when you're in prison, <clears throat> it limits what you can see. And, and um, I wrote in my journal this week, um, um, Lord, something like this, Lord, you, you see me like a father sees his child at soccer practice. He doesn't care if he scores. He doesn't care about his skills. He just cares about his son. And then I said, Lord, help me to look at people this way. He he, he just loves us the way we are. Not what we do, not how many scores we make. And so the question might be, do we see others that way? Just for who they are, made in the image of God. Um, Forgiveness can change our memories of the past and it can also change our vision of the future. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Uh, Henry David Thoreau, when I had his hardcover of Walden, Lost in the Fire, in the 70s, <clears throat> he said this, he said, men live lives of quiet desperation, often going to the grave with their songs still unsung. I, I, I love watching people in airports, well, in malls. I, love, I, just, I just find them fascinating. <clears throat> and, um, and when I see them, <clears throat> excuse me, help me, Lord. And, and when I see them, I sometimes ask the Lord what's going on in their life. And uh, sometimes he shows me. And so, so when I'm in an airport, there's never any shortage of opportunities to intercede. It, ever? I mean, people are fascinating. In Miami, this. One fellow, I just Kelly thinks I stare, and so then she jabs me. <laughs> but honestly, I'm often praying. I said, Lord, what's going on? And he sees and he had a T-shirt that said uh, "Satan worshiper" on it. <clears throat> well, it catches your attention, and I wonder what. Like the first question is, okay, so what happened? <laughs> like what went on? But if you if you haven't seen it, just look around. Look in the eyes of the people wherever you go and you'll find them in prison to unhealed hurts of their past. I can look out here and see some of the same. I can look in the mirror and see the same. So our lives are limited to the things that we are unable to get past. But unless you're able to see you're in prison, you won't even want out. Um... I see it in faces, and I feel it sometimes, and then sometimes i 'll have to ask the Lord to help me because I 'm just not sure how to deal with some of the pain that I see in people 's eyes and there's been more over the last few years because where you used to see a little bit of disappointment, now you see fear and this uncertainty of the future, and their hearts are gripped not not just disappointment and but 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 seems like. Hope, <clears throat> excuse me, hopelessness. Do you mind just throwing me in my water, sweetheart? Hope, a hopelessness. You can throw it. I can catch. Or you can just, thank you. Thank you. It's always a bit unnerving when I'm <coughs> coughing over the people. Um, but but if, you're, if you're willing to look around, you'll see it. And I want to say to us today that we are the solution for people's unhealed passes, pass. We can, we, because we are salt and light, and we carry the ability to unlock prison doors of people's past if we're if we if we're open to that. Uh, Psalm thirty-two it says, "Those who look to him are radiant; their faces are not covered with shame." That that so I, I love that because it says when when Christ rules in our heart, you can actually see it on our face. I'm looking. Those who look to the Lord are radiant. They, they actually have it, their countenance is a little different. Have you watched people on Zoom? Their resting Zoom face? It's nasty. It's honestly, did you, you notice people? I sometimes get caught off, people are asking me questions, and I'm looking at, God, I gotta pray for Paul. Look at that. Oh, look at him. He's just. <clears throat> Forgiveness has the ability to rewrite our past and change our vision of the future. Uh, can, can, can the Lord trust you with things that you don't understand? Here's why. Because as a follower of Christ, we live between the things we understand and the mysteries that we don't understand. We live in that tension. You're never going to understand it all, which is why the just live by faith that's what it's called. That's how you navigate that tension. It's called trust in the Lord with all your heart, and don't lean on your own understanding. There's lots of things I don't understand. Many things about the Lord I don't understand. Many things about you all that I don't understand, or humanity, or about myself I don't understand. But we're not asked to understand. We're asked to trust, especially the things we don't understand. So I'm going to share with you some, something that may not seem logical to you. Well, just get over that. Here's why. It's because I'm asking the Lord to do a miracle in my time. It's not. I'm not happy. I'm happy, but I'm not happy enough to see a revival in Asbury. I celebrate that. I cheer for that. If someone starts cutting that down, I block them. Why? Because, because here's, what, here's what can happen when God begins to move. We can, we can sacrifice a move of God on the altar of human reasoning. Gee, let's go, I don't, you know. Just get over that. You may not understand that. We're not meant to understand. We're meant to trust. All right. All right. <clears throat> Some things I wish the Lord didn't put in Scripture. One of them is John chapter 20. No, seriously. You ever come across that? And you try to black it out. Ends up highlighting it. And every time you come to that page, there it is again. So... Disappointing. There's a verse in John chapter 20, verse 23. Jesus is risen from the dead, and he's got a message for the disciples. And and if Jesus were here, he might say something like that to us as well. I just wish, yeah, he is here, sorry. But he's interceding, the Holy Spirit's here as the advocate. But you're right. Okay. So so here's what it says. It says, if you forgive the sins of any, they'll be forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they'll be retained. If you retain the sins of any, they will be retained. You know what that means? Retaining means, to, it means to hold on. Melissa. No, no, that's what it means. Fist bump. If you hold on to a sin, this is not that profound, but the impact is, it's, it's like mind-blowing. If you hold on to a sin, it will be held on to. <laughs> Don't you wish that wasn't there? I would just like to think that sin doesn't have any impact on me physically. But it says, so if you forgive any, they'll be forgiven. If you retain the sins, they will be retained. Our bodies are not designed to retain sin. Your body will have a negative reaction to unhealthy emotions that you carry within your bodies. A high percentage of sicknesses are the result of our inability to deal with emotions and feelings and things that we carry in our body that were at once uh, an emotion but are now physical. You think that's true? Your body doesn't lie. Doctor told me he said you. You know that that first diagnosis with ulcerative colitis, he says, You must be under stress. I said, No, I'm good. He said, What kind of like what kind of work are you in? I said, Well people. He said, Well, what kind of people? I said, crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't we all? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well it's only Pastoring, the only occupation that has a higher stress factor is skydiving. (laughs) I said, yeah, maybe you're right. Jesus knows everybody who hurt you. He knows every betrayal that you've been through. He's aware of every emotional pain you carry. He has seen Those people who have broken your hearts, broken their word, he's seen, and Hebrews chapter 10, verse 30, says he'll deal with it. You don't have to. that That could really, really help us if we believe that. Forgiveness isn't about being nice to somebody. It's about claiming a future that awaits us. Your, your future will be limited to the things that you currently can't get past relationally. Your future relationships will be determined by the current relationships you're unable to get past. Not about being nice. It's about having a future and a hope. That's what it's about. It's not staying stuck to the person that harmed you, mistreated you, betrayed you. They, they hurt you once. Let's not let them continue to hurt you again and again and again and again. I want to pray for people to get out of the prison of unforgiveness today. And a groan went up among the congregation. <laughs> oh no, we like staying mad at people. You and me both. Staying angry is easy. Forgiveness is difficult. Large may I say impossible, because humanly we would like people to feel as bad as we feel feel. If I can share a little secret, is the person that hurt you has been hurt themselves. But your unforgiveness will blind you to their pain. And how are we going to break that cycle of pain? By getting a hold of Jesus, the one that bore our pain, and giving it to him and learning the process of forgiveness. Somebody should clap. Like, that's a good sermon right there. (laughs) my my ego probably needed that. Forgiveness is not intended for another sake. We've all had unfair things happen. But the longer you hold on to them, the longer they have power over you. I try to stay in touch with the people uh, whose church pain uh, hurts them. I've tried to stay in touch with them people. It's real. But what happens if they don't get healed, they'll never get back into a church again, a healthy one. They came from a harsh one. Something happened, you know, and now you're bleeding all over everybody else. And even the people now you're bleeding on the people that are trying to heal you, they never cut you. But but we get into those cycles. And I I because I, I feel, you know, I've not been treated that great in church neither, but whatever. It's just I mean, it's just people. Jesus loves people. People are never your enemy. The enemy's your enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. I don't know if you knew that or not. All right. Well, <clears throat> don't don't stay, don't let that narcissist that mess up your life, keep messing up your life. Deal with your own narcissism. Okay. Um, um, So Jesus said this. I want you to put this verse in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Holy Spirit, the three purposes, the C3s of Holy Spirit is to counsel, to comfort, and to convince us of the faithfulness and truth of God. Do we have that other verse, Luke chapter four, verse 18? There it is. <clears throat> I want you to just read this with me. Uh, you know, not out loud, that's, that's awkward. To, but one of the reasons Jesus came was to announce release to captives. Y'all know that, right? You get to get a jail-free card. To send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, who are bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity. Does that, have I covered everybody in the church? You've been broken down by, or downtrodden, or bruised, crushed, or broken down by calamity. If I could see your hands, you'd all put your hands up. Yeah, we've all, we've all right? A bru, a, a bru, a funny thing about a bruise. Yesterday I was helping with a pantry. I came in here with the lights off, and I ran right into that rail over there. And if someone would have been here, this is not funny. <laughs> Because because and I just I was just prancing along because I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I pranced along and all of a sudden that, that armrail over there caught me just right here. Ooh, and I only Jesus knows the pain I went through for those few moments. No one was around. And I do appreciate people that have a little bit of mercy. And there's something thank you. For the one nurse that's out there. I get up this morning. Because it, it turns out that as we get older, we, we bruise easier or something. I look down, there's, and there, there isn't a bruise. But dang, it did it hurt. And you know what happened? Then I got, went to get in the shower, and I bumped it again. Thank you. That's the response we're looking for right there. But, so what, but, but what's the thing? This was not an external thing. This was now an internal thing. Here's what I'm trying to say. Those who are bruised are not free. You hear me? Now, this isn't you lost an arm. This is a bruise, a bump. We've all had always. Jesus is saying, I've come to let the captives free. Those who are bruised. The implication, if you've been bruised, you're not free. Do you hear me? People will hurt you. Should have picked a different planet if you didn't want that to happen. You were gonna get hurt. He, Jesus made that very clear in this world, you're gonna have trouble. But he said, just relax because I've overcome the world. I've got a solution for every one of your outweighs. Everyone. We've all been bruised. But the problem when we've been bruised and we're not healed yet, every time somebody touches that bruise, we feel like it all just happened again. Um, we bruise easily as well. When, when, when we are able to forgive those who bruised us, <laughs> that arm rail. when we're able to forgive, here's what will happen. The Lord will do what he's done to millions of other people, just the same thing he did to Joseph. Those things that were meant for your evil, he will turn into good. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 61, it says he'll give you double. I'm trying to give you some motivation to ask for forgiveness. I don't know what happened. Who wrecked your childhood, your teen years. I don't know who wrecked your adult years. I don't know. But I'm going to say this. If you're willing to forgive, he'll do the same thing to you he did to Joseph. Those things that were meant for evil, he will turn around to good. And it says a double portion, Isaiah 61 verse 7, a double portion is waiting you. You're withholding that double portion my nurse in way. Now, here's what can happen potentially at a moment like this is the Holy Spirit can bring some faces to your minds. This isn't random, this is on purpose because He's trying to comfort, counsel, and convince you that even though we don't understand this, it will work to liberate you. Coming down the backstretch. You can carry that chip on your shoulder, but it's going to get heavier and heavier and heavier, and eventually it'll form your identity. We were getting on the, we, we, we went for two weeks with just carry on luggage. Can anybody go, whoa, whoa? Going th- we went through, we get to the uh, airport, the, uh, the go, go to the boarding there. Lady says, full plane, you want to put your luggage on, it's free. I said I like that, so we tried that in Miami. They said that'll be thirty-five U.S. per bag. I know. Here's the the simple little message: baggage is expensive. (laughs) Let it land. (laughs) Carrying that unforgiveness is expensive. Carrying that bitterness is expensive. And it costs you, not the one who hurt you. All right, last point. Matthew chapter five. Um, here's how the Lord dealt with injustice, relational pain. He tells us this in chapter five, that your intentions are just as impactful as your actions. Did you, did you, did you see it when I read it? Maybe you didn't. I had to look at it four or five times. He's saying, okay, so what happened the Old Testament, that thing, the outside thing? He said, now in the New Testament, you've heard it said like this, but I'm saying there's an inside thing as well It's taking place. He said that thing, that murder where you shot someone, he said, if you even are angry. He's saying that the emotion, do you hear me? That the emotion is just as powerful as the action. I'm convicted. No, 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 because I've been in airports. I'm looking at people. Most of the time I start to pray from other times, maybe not as much. Y'all have too. You see people dress a certain way and you carry a little thing. That thing is the same as the action. Sway says. Anger, emotion. He says that you shall you've heard it said, don't murder. Whoever murders liable judgment, but I'm gonna say to you, whoever is angry, emotion inside. What's going on, on the inside? If you're angry with your brother, you're gonna be liable for judgment as well. And whoever insults that brother will be liable for the counsel. And whoever says you fool is liable for the hells of fire. I don't know what that means. Why did I miss that? I have no idea. Among other things, Jesus is trying to help us come to terms with personal narcissism. Can a Christian be a narcissist? Oh man. All day long. All day long. Our attitudes are as destructive as our actions. What, 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 what gets killed first? Our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. I'm so impressed how Jesus, he always preserved another person's self-worth and self-identity when he ministered to them. Never exposed them. I love that about him. <clears throat> there's different words that are used here. And, there, and, there's, and there's two different words used for anger. One, it can, because it's, it's anger and it says hatred. There's two Greek words that are different. One is thumos and one is orge. Not orgy, orge. One means when you light straw on fire. What happens when you light straw on fire? It burns. But it burns quick. Thermos, that's what that word but there's another one, orge, which means malice that's been nursed. So he says there's a different treatment. So, okay, you see, you had a little anger. Whatever. But then there's another one that gets nursed and gets fed. And it becomes incredibly toxic to the follower of Jesus' soul. Two words. When you put a name on your anger, he says, when you begin insulting your brother, that's what it says here. Whoever insults his brother is liable for counsel. That's different than judgment. Did you see that? The counsel, whenever, so whenever something in your heart begins to get verbalized now, here's what's going to happen. It's going to end up at the council. He's referring to a local group of people. This isn't a court of law. It's a group of people who are around you who are going to make an assessment about who you are. So, whoever now begins to verbalize what's happening inside you, this anger now becomes to be words. And it's eventually it says, he, he goes on to say, and then it begins to accuse someone and destroy their reputation. Now it's affecting you and all of those around you in the council, all of your relationships. Am I getting somewhere? This is not a small thing. <laughs> in a world where the, the the numbers of divorce are so high, for the, the the numbers of abuse, the percentages of domestic crime, it's so high. And then, in, in, what I'm trying to do is help us get past some of that, because what something happens when we forgive. I'm just about done. Um, so usually, what happens? Fear, by by the way, typically gets lodged in your kidneys. If you have kidney issues, it's quite likely that you have unhealed fear in your life. All right, so, uh, um, so what happens is that those close to you soon become distant, and it shatters relationships, and this is what starts wars in the world. Just about done. The word raka in here, it doesn't say raka. A raka is a funny word, and many, many, if you're reading, if you've read this before, you'll say, whoever says raka to their brother. Have you read that before? Somebody know You read your Bibles, right? Yeah, good, thanks. Raka, it's a weird term. Look it up. If you look it up in a Greek lexicon, you'll find that it's almost uh, untranslatable. And here's why. Because it's not what's said, it's how something is said. If anybody says, uh, you know, you can say something to someone, or you can say something to someone with something behind it. That's what raka is. Rack up. It describes a tone of voice. It's like an abuse. Uh, he, he's not. This isn't literal to say something. It's saying that what you're doing is you're expressing something from a from a place of superiority and you're looking down on another person. Can you feel it? This is this this is dangerous for our souls and desensitizes us to the Holy Spirit profoundly. Verse 23 says, so if you're offering your gift at the altar, think of what happens at an altar. If you're altering your gift, offering your gift at an altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you. This is another verse I kind of wish wasn't there. And you realize, so what happens when you're offering a gift at the, a gift at the altar? The altar, all through the Old Testament, the altar was often, a, always a place of sacrifice, to restore your relationship that had been violated by sin, to restore that relationship with God. He says in verse 23 that if you come to the altar without having dealt with your brother, you've disrupted your relationship with me. And the thing between you and I is the thing I want dealt with first. First. He says, when you come to the... It's a funny thing. He doesn't mean, okay, this, sure. Before anybody responds to today, you better go sort everything out. You may not be able to do that. He says, when you come to the place of sacrifice to deal with sin in your heart or your life between you and God, when you come to that place and you've got something against your brother, he said, before you bring the gift, deal with your brother because you, you being out of relationship with your brother affects your relationship with me. We can't say we love God and don't love people. How do we, so what do we do? This, this, uh, First Peter actually says this interrupts and messes with our, our prayer life. I guess the worst team to come back up. How do we deal with a brother? It's in Matthew chapter 18, it's pretty clear. Don't, aren't, aren't we the ones that like to use this verse that says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in your midst. Don't we love to quote that? That's regarding unforgiveness. You can read it. It's not regarding revival. Of course it impacts revival because unity commands blessing. <laughs> of course. But he, but, and, and also in Matthew chapter 18, it refers to binding and loosing. Because what we can do is we can loose or we can bind on the earth. That's referring to forgiveness. Here's what we need to do today. Today. We need to bind and loose so people are in in prisons. I see this all the time. First of all, it's with ourselves. Then it's with our kids or our spouse. Then what's our kids? This doesn't happen. By the way, I I was thinking to myself, I wish I would have taught our kids how to forgive. And the Lord said really quickly, I wish I could have taught you how to forgive. (laughs) Thanks. But here's what we have to learn over and over and over again, how to keep our relationships clean and pure because it's those connections that keep us connected to the vine. (laughs) What do we do? Matthew chapter 18 makes it very clear. Here's what we do. If you got some against a brother, first of all, you don't put it on social media. You go to that brother privately. You go to that person privately. And, he, and here's what you don't do, because there can be, you did this, but there can be no buts. No buts. Little or big. No big buts, no little buts. No buts. <laughs> <laughs> Only 10 buts. No, no, but... I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be a velvet hammer for you here because this is a big deal because this takes more power than holding anger and accusation and, and uh, offense in your heart. This takes real power. You get it, because forgiveness doesn't happen like a snap of the fingers. It's a, it's a process, baby. And mostly we don't want to. We'd rather not because they deserve it. Yeah, well, here's what's happening. You're the one that's in prison. I'm talking about setting captives free today. So first of all, we own it. And then in very clear words, we take responsibility for our part in that action. And we don't wait, they don't need to say anything, but you need to say this. I'm sorry, I was wrong, please forgive me. And don't go into a whole bunch of explaining about how awesome you are and how bad they are. And you wait and sit. They can say something or they don't have to. Because it says here we're to be reconciled to our brother. Forgiveness takes one. Reconciliation takes two. I'm I'm just going to, yeah, come to terms quickly with your accuser. This has helped me so many times. Just, you know what, we become so so easily offended and then we become unagreeable. Find grounds that you can agree on. Yeah, you're right. I was a bit hasty. Man, my wife said something the other day. That was uh, right. I didn't want to be right. I said, if I do this really quick, I'm going to get out of prison. I said, you're right. I was sorry. Now, in my heart, I was going, mm. <laughs> The Lord dealt with that then in me. It was it's usually about driving. That's it. It's just... It was a rental car. I'm going to wrap up. There's more I wanted to say, but I've said enough. I've said lots. Um, Jesus said this, and it wasn't, it wasn't, this wasn't literal, but it kind of was. When he said, forgive us our debts, this wasn't money. Do you hear me? <laughs> we have a love of debt to every person on the planet. Oh, man, oh, no man, anything, but the debt of love. He's not referring to f- Money. And you might think to yourself, well, I don't got no debts. I'll oh, just take a minute. Just take a minute. I'm gonna ask the Holy Spirit to reveal them. Why? Because I want you free. Um, um, we're gonna sing a song. But before we do, I wanna pray. And I wanna read you a passage. Um, Psalm 103. This is Augustine's favorite Psalm, Psalm 103. And basically what it is, and I hope, I hope you've learned this from me, but you may not have yet, because you've got to talk to your body to tell it what to do, specifically your soul, your mind, emotions, memory, and your will. And he said, he, he said this, and it's a command. He commanded his soul to bless the Lord, O oh my soul. You ever talk to your soul like that? Well, if not, it'll take control over you. And it won't want to bless. It'll want to curse. And then, and then he repeats it. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And forget not. Why? Because we forget. So here's what it's telling them to do. Forget not who God is for you in this situation. Forget not his benefits, who forgives all of your sins and heals all of your diseases. Don't forget this is who God is, soul. He's my redeemer, he's my healer, he's my reconciler, he's my justifier, he is my first, my last, my everything. He's the one, you know, you got it. this is so important, you gotta tell your soul what to do. In a minute we're gonna sing that. Come on, my soul. I know this sounds a bit wacky if you haven't been around for a while. How do you talk to your soul? Ask the Lord to teach you this. David figured it out. And if you read uh, Psalm 32, which you should do that as well, David just got over that whole thing with Bathsheba. And he said, Lord, if I, if I were to hide this in me, my body would be, if I don't confess it, my body will start to groan and I'll get grumpy. Anybody groaning or grumpy? It's because you could be hiding some things in your soul that are unconfessed, unconfessed, unhealed and undealt with. Stand with me, please. Father, I know your spirit. It's just so clear to me. The thing you're saying to me. And I love your word, I love your truth, and I love these people. So Lord, I'm going to leave this big work of reconciling what's taken place relationally for each one of them and their decision to choose and make a choice today to walk out of the prison of unforgiveness and into the light of healing and hope and double blessing and a future and a hope. Lord, if there's anybody here, and I know this is a lot of us, who have unreconciled relationships, they've been hurt, they've been carrying pain, today it stops because you brought liberation and freedom to anyone that's captive. Everybody that's here, Father, not sure what else to say other than I turn the Holy Spirit and fire loose on each one that's here right now in the name of Jesus. Father, liberate every captive who's been held bondage to a relationship or an experience from their past and take them into a bright future. Father, we declare your healing and your freedom today. And we thank you that, that you've told us like David we could tell our souls what to do. And we're telling our souls to don't forget who God is for us. And, soul, you line up with the Spirit of God that's within me. My soul will magnify the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times, and His praise will continually be on my lips. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, subscribe to our podcast and find us on YouTube. If this message resonated with you, you would like to give to our church go to myc3church.ca see you next week